Kim Sujawalski, and I'm your host here at the Brownwell Podcast, a place in which every week we talk about delicious food, about making more vegan choices no matter where you are along the way. And because food is never just about the food, I'll support and guide you to a happier, kinder, and more mindful relationship with that wonderful moment of eating. Are you ready? Lace up those trainers if you're going for a walk or grab a cup of coffee, get comfy on the couch, and listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bramble Podcast. I'm so happy to have you listening in today. In today's episode of the podcast, I have such a special guest joining me to talk about finding a style of movement that is all about the joy. Out of all the people I know, Sam is one of my biggest examples of a healthy and fun relationship to exercise and movement. As you know, I have always been on this mission to show you that movement can go from something you feel you have to do or that has a specific body or weight goal attached and go to a place of fun and joy and doing it because you love it, doing it because it makes you feel good. When I thought about bringing you this episode, I immediately knew I wanted to have her on as a guest. Today's episode is less interview style and more so a conversation between friends where we're kind of both going to talk about the movement loves of our lives. <laughs> she has two and I have one and we'll both be sharing what those are, how they came into our lives and what they give us regardless of weight and body outcomes. You'll hear some stories of mine you've never heard on the podcast before because well, when I talk about a love, especially a long lost love, I get personal. Sam will also inspire you with a quite unusual coming of age when it comes to movement. And she shares how finding an activity that involves some kind of mental puzzle can add extra benefits to the experience. We talk about a process-oriented mindset versus a goal-oriented one, the place that community has in what type of exercise we choose, and how you can start finding that form of movement that will make you hop, or even better, skip to it. I also had a big surprise for Sam, one she wasn't expecting and which I reveal in the first few minutes of the show. Sam Anthony is a travel writer and editor. She's also been an archaeologist, full-time house sitter, travel blogger, and podcaster. Originally from New York, she lived in Spain for three years, which is how we met, and was nomadic for another three years before finding a home base in Buffalo, New York. While she's always loved being active, it was during the pandemic that she began to really connect with movement as a way to stay balanced and support positive mental and emotional health. You can connect with Sam on Instagram by following her at The Road Goes Forever On. What a great name for a handle. Uh, Before we get started with today's show, here's a little note from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by our signature online program, My Bramble. My Bramble is an ongoing program, all in video format, in which I teach you how to cook delicious vegan meals, get organized, give you support on your vegan journey, as well as the tools to help you find a more mindful and balanced place with food and eating. But most of all, it's an ever-growing library of online vegan cooking classes with new content added every single week. 
There's so much more included in the program, so go ahead and visit mybrownbull.com to learn all the details and to give it a try. That's M-Y-B-R-O-W-N-B-L-E.com. Now on with the show. Hey, Sam. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kim. Thanks so much for having me. This is such an... It's, I can't tell you how excited I've been all week because I know I knew that this was coming. And we talk very frequently throughout the week. And still, it was just, I don't know, it meant so much to me that you would come on. I think you are one of the perfect guests to talk about the topic that we're going to talk about today. Oh, I'm so excited too. I'm so excited. I, uh, and it's funny though, because we exchange voice notes, but we like never, we're not, we don't usually, because of the time difference, we don't usually like talk face to face. So this is like, I was super excited to have the conversation and just in general to, uh, to see you. <laughs> I know, I know. Seeing, uh, seeing your face is just making my day. Now I have to start with a surprise that I have for you that you are not expecting. So you have been a listener of the podcast for a while, and you've told me before that you always feel that I'm talking about you when I answer questions from our Sams. So Sam is the sort of gender neutral name that I give to everybody who asks questions because I wanted to, I didn't just want to say listeners, I wanted to give them a name and also give them, you know, the anonymity. And so I thought of the idea of just having one name that would, that would be used every time I answered a question. And you always tell me like, oh my gosh, when you answer a question, you say my name. I always feel that you're talking to me. And what you don't know is that you are the original Sam. I'm the original Sam. You are what? the original Sam. I've never told you this because I knew I'd have you on the podcast at some point in my wow, life. Wow, you've been sitting on this for a long time. I admire your patience. <laughs> this is like the long, the, the longest surprise. Yes, you are the original Sam. I think when I was uh, thinking of incorporating Q&As into our podcast, we had just met or we were starting to talk on Instagram and then we met in person here in Madrid and your name just kept coming up when I thought of names and I said, oh my gosh, that name's Sam. I just love that name. That's And then I met you and it just clicked and it has always been Sam and it's because of you. <laughs> oh my God. I wish everyone could see my face right now. Cause I just feel I'm so honored. Oh my gosh, Kim. I can't so, believe this. I just, so, yeah. Uh. So now when, uh, you're also the only Sam I, I have in my life, I don't think I know any other Sams. Uh, so when I, when I say Sam, uh, you can actually feel that it's, that I'm talking to you because I sort of am. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Oh my gosh. I don't even know how to express. I feel so honored. Oh, uh, I'm glad I could be the inspiration for all the Sams asking questions around the world. <laughs> um, okay. So Sam, we are here to talk about the joy we get from movement and exercise, but in a balanced way, in a healthy way, uh, and how we found the that special love in our lives. Both you have one and, and I have one, and we're going to talk about that. But before we get into that, I'm just really curious, what was your relationship to movement growing up and to exercise? Because in my case, I had 
no examples. Nobody in my family exercised except for the physical therapy that my mom had to do uh, pretty much every day because of her illness. And then I had an aunt who loved she would she lived in New York and she would roller rollerblade uh, across the Brooklyn Bridge, I think every day to get to work. Wow. And, but I but I never saw that. I knew I heard of these stories and I never saw that because I lived somewhere else. I lived in another country. So to me, there were no examples of movement or exercise in the people around me. What was it like for you growing up? That's interesting. Um, well, I did have examples now that I think about it. So my mom was an avid cyclist actually back when I was growing up and she would like on the, there was a period of time for years, like a while, quite a while where she would get up early on the weekends and like go for a bike ride immediately, like before anyone was up. And, um, yeah. And she did a triathlon when I was, I think I was in high school or something. So I had that. And, um, my dad, he kind of would just like run on the treadmill in the basement. So like that wasn't, and like, I would just hear like music pounding through the floorboards when he was doing that. But that wasn't as much of a, that was like a pretty regular thing, I guess. But, um, so I guess, yeah. And my, my aunt rode horses. So I guess like I did have some examples, especially my mom with her biking for sure. But, um, when I was like, I never really thought of myself as being an active person. Even now it's kind of funny, like, because as a child or, and as a, like a middle schooler, I hated, and even in in high school, I hated like gym class so much. The worst. I can relate to that. It was the worst. It was the worst aspect for me of going to school, to be honest. Agreed. Agreed. That and math class for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> I think we had a very similar um, school experience. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, just because there was all of the, you know, sporty kids that were on like the athletic teams in school and like getting picked last, or I was always like the bookish person and Same. even playing outside was not something I super enjoyed as a kid. I like as soon as the internet kind of became a little thing, I would just go on there when there was still dial up and, you know, you took over the phone lines and I would go on there and be writing to people or whatever, or inside reading before that. So my mom would have to like, you know, encourage me to go outside. So, um, Yeah, it's not like I really super, I guess up to like age 12 or 13, I was not an active child whatsoever. And then um, I got into fencing, actually, because I was bored in the summers. And (laughs) my mom told my sister and I, we could like each pick a day camp of like, place like for a week to go during the day like not an overnight thing and I just saw 
fencing in the newspaper, literally in the like printed newspaper. And I was like, I don't know, that seems fun. And then I went to a week long camp and really liked it and got into it, got my dad into it. So then we would do that together. And that kind of like became our thing. I love that. I didn't know that about you and your dad sharing that. I knew about the fencing, but um, that is really interesting. So did you have that option at school when you went back to school after that? No, no, I didn't even know. Like, well, I ended up like kind of running the fencing club at like an after school club, but it was like not a serious thing whatsoever. It was kind of like I was teaching people and mostly people just were interested in playing with swords. They didn't like really want to do the sport aspect (laughs) of it. Uh, So that was something I did like entirely out of school. I went to the fencing club of Buffalo. My dad and I went like a few times a week, got really like into it and just like a nice community of people. And we would even sometimes like drive an hour and a half away to get like lessons from some Olympians that lived in the next city over. And yeah, it was just like our thing we did together. Um, So that was, that was really nice. And that was like all throughout high school. And I made like one of my oldest friends who like, we're still really close today. Um, Fencing, which incidentally, he's the one who got me into my current uh, activity. Wow. This is a good, this is a good influence in your life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um. I I think that so many people are going to relate to that story of having that hate for gym class or PE at school because of having some sort of rejection attached to it. I was always the one picked last because I was terrible at team sports. It was, and I still am, I would never ever dream of playing any sort of team sports, even for fun. It's like, it's like a nightmare for me. And what I think kids, especially kids, they're very athletic and very much into gym class and where maybe they come from families where sports are like, it's something to look forward to and, and something that's passed down from generation to generation. Like someone, when someone's dad was in the football team, that means I'm going to be in the football team. And I think kids that are in that sphere of life, which was not the same one I was in, uh, I think they can easily, the, just by moments and glimpses, detect when one isn't very good or when one isn't quick enough or fast enough or whatever it is, coordinated enough. And that's it. You're in one second labeled for the rest of your life the not good at sports person. And I think we internalize that message. And that means we think that exercise is always going to be like that. And we exclude all of the million things like fencing that is a completely different animal. Um, Tell me if you can relate to any of this. What was your experience? Yes, completely, completely. I'm nodding, nodding my head over here throughout all (laughs) everything you're saying. And Yeah, I think also, I know for me, it was, I was also really super shy in high school and like had no no real confidence. And I, I don't know, I just was kind of like, 
I had friends for sure, but like I was always been, and I still am the type of person who's like, I don't have a friend group. I have like individual friends that I want to spend time with or like the most, there's like three of us in a, in a little friend thing or whatever. Um, so I think there's that too, because when you're like, whatever, picking for dodgeball and PE class, uh, people pick their friends. And when you have a lot of them, then you just pick all of them. And then, you know, the other ones are left behind. And I think it was really instrumental for me, actually, now that I'm really thinking about it right now, uh, to have a space outside of high school to kind of grow like in my fencing. Uh, and it was it was all ages, really that we would, you know, interact and fence together and and everything. So it was, I think, and I, so I did that all throughout high school. And I think that was pretty, pretty integral to me as a person. I have a question about that. Do you feel that having that experience outside of school in a separate, like separate physical space, separate people, did that impact the way you sort of your high school experience or the way you moved around in that circle of, of your own high school, did that change your high school experience? That's a really uh, astute question, Kim. I, I think so. I don't think I really realized it, but I was always, I don't know, just kind of detached from high school. Like I, I did things like I was in the pit orchestra for like the musical and stuff like that, but I didn't like really care. And the last couple of years I was already dating someone in college. So I was just like, get me out. I'm out of here. Like (laughs) I was just ready to be out of there. I think a lot of people can probably relate to. Oh, Sam, it's like hearing my own story, like being told (laughs) back to me. It's yeah. And uh, you'll hear a little bit about my exercise love. And it also started in high school. And it was also completely separate. It was in another place. It was something totally different. And I think that now that I heard you talk, it's when I sort of connected the dots and said, hmm, maybe that was the first step in me creating a separate life for myself because the one I was having in high school was not good for me and was not feeling comfortable. Maybe both of us could um, kind of explore our identities separate from like who we are, separate from that whole high school world where I feel like you very quickly get kind of like shunted into a role and then you just kind of like play that role. And it's like really hard to, I mean, that's why everyone is like ready to go to college and it's like a whole new, like you can just reinvent yourself because no one knows you necessarily. Um, And so maybe we were both kind of like trying to find that within high school by having this separate space. I I love that. I had never I had never even like consciously thought about this. Um yeah, it's so interesting. Now, let's move a little bit further on in 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 time, I guess to late teen years, early adulthood or or even now. Um I know that now you have and that's why I invited you over to have this conversation. You have one of the most healthy and balanced relationships to movement where it is all about the joy and the pleasure and the experience and the community and all of all of the good things we always talk about 
And it's not connected to body image concerns. It's not connected to um, anything related to diet culture or uh, all of these things that can be very toxic in our relationships with exercise as well. So, but I do want to ask you if it did ever grow into that space, if it was ever a cause for anxiety, uh, a cause of anxiety or any body image concerns, or if it ever got unhealthy for you in any way, because it did for me. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, fortunately not. Uh, oh, I Sam, <laughs> it's amazing. That's amazing. It's you, you truly are a very special unicorn. That's why I love you so much. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. I just, I feel like, so I don't necessarily have anything helpful to say on that, on that avenue because I didn't, I was always more goal oriented, but not in that way. In like the way of like with fencing, I was competitive and I did competitions and stuff like that. And I would want to, you know, get medals and I did and like get like rankings and I did and like nationally, you can get nationally ranked or whatever. And so I was like more focused on those kind of goals, I guess, like, all right, I want to, um, come in whatever place. I mean, ideally first, obviously, but like, I want to, I want a place. I want to just get better. Um, even, even now I, it's the same kind of way. And I think for a second there in high school, I was getting maybe a little too competitive in that way. Um, like too focused on that and those kind of goals, but I don't really think it super ever went into real negative territory. And then once I started fencing on my college team, we were like the worst of, we were good. Like everyone was good, but we, like my school didn't give scholarships for fencing. Whereas like we were fencing everyone in the Northeast. Cause I went to school in New York city. We were fencing everyone in the Northeast, like Olympians, actual Olympians who were on like a full scholarship wow. for fencing. I fenced an Olympian. She destroyed me in probably 30 seconds. <laughs> so that will, uh, <laughs> that will make you not be competitive because you really can't be. I was like, I was the, I was some, one of the best when I was in high school amongst like the, um, the club that I went to, I was, and then I went from, you know, that to like being at the bottom. So, and then I was focused on academics and all this other stuff. So like, I just think I couldn't, once I got to college, I couldn't really be competitive anymore. Cause like, there was no, there was no way. <laughs> uh, I think uh, it is, yeah, you have to kind of take into account that if you are fencing with an Olympian, uh, it's just, you have to get real with the expectations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's, there's kind of only one way that's going to go. Um, and I mean, if it hadn't gone that way, cause we do hear these incredible stories sometimes, oh my goodness, maybe your life would have, uh, been a, a completely different. You might have become, um, just a, an Olympian yourself. Yeah. Well, I also reached a point where I was like, 
I am getting really good. And like to get to the next level, I would have to like fully do this like all the time. Like I, and I knew some people who did like literally people who like sold their houses to like pay for their kids fencing lessons. Wow. And it's not a cheap sport. It's an expensive sport because it's not, we have all the equipment and then there's not, it's not like football or soccer where you can, uh, so many people play it. Like you have to travel like usually to, to go to competitions. Yeah. And so it's, there's a lot of money involved and, I I was I realized I was getting to that point where I was like either I like I, that's I can't do that like that's not even an option so like um there's I got to I don't know I somehow I just subconsciously was like I'm not going to get to the next level also because I just didn't want to single-mindedly focus on one thing I yeah. was it was like I have you know I care about being like my academics, I care about doing other stuff. Like I didn't want to just only focus on that one thing. Um, Mm -hmm. so I love it. I love hearing all of these stories. And I, I am very impressed at the fact that even living in this society that is so weight obsessed and appearance obsessed, that it, it was never about that for you. And I think that is very rare. And I'm just wondering if, if, if you can pinpoint anything in particular, was this a, just an internal aspect of yourself where you had the confidence and it just never even crossed your mind to take exercise and tie it in with body image? Or did you have a role model that, that just really modeled healthy activity for you and, and a healthy way of, of, you know, loving yourself. It's just mind mind blowing to me because to me, exercise for so long was tied to weight loss and, and making myself smaller and smaller. And it definitely harmed me in so many ways. Where does that come from for you? I don't know. I I mean, I would, I would ask you the same question, you know, where do you think that, that desire came from for you, you know, to focus on it because that came from somewhere too. Yeah. Oh, I I know where it comes, um, where it comes in for me. Everything that has been disordered for me and and I include exercise, not my exercise love, which we're going to get into in a second, because that one has always, ironically, that very special um, love that I have with that one particular kind of exercise that has always been healthy. It's when I've gotten into other types of fitness and exercise and going to the gym or, or yeah, just more traditional forms of working out, quote unquote, working out that I've gotten into trouble. And when I've been disordered with exercise and when I was disordered with food, it's, it was always about control. I found early on that this was something that I could control because my life was in many ways out of control. And so you start seeing that you are having all of this anxiety, all of this powerlessness. You have these circumstances in your life that keep changing one second after everything was fine. And you can't control that, but you can control something. And that's, what it, that's where it came from for me. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm very impressed and I'm, I'm, it shows, it shows in the way you talk about uh, your true loves in exercise 
that it comes from such a healthy and balanced place. I can hear it every time I talk to you, which is why, um, which is why we're going to talk about them right now. Oh my goodness. So you have two specific loves in your life that are not people. They're not pets. It's a form of movement. And I have one and I thought we would both share and I want you to go first. <laughs> well, I have to say, I really like that you say, talk about it in move, like as in movement. Like, I just like that you use that word because I think the word exercise is so like packed with like, it can be packed with a lot of negativity and those like desires to do it for like weight loss goals. Like, you know, you hear people all the time, like, Oh, I need to exercise. I should exercise, yes. you know, whereas like, I think thinking talking about it in terms of movement is really putting the emphasis on your moving your body. And it just, to me anyway, I just don't find that word to have any negative connotations like exercise can. So I just wanted to say that I really like whenever you're talking about it, that you use that word. Thank you. That is intentional because to me, when we talk about exercise, and sometimes I do say it just out of habit, but it is, it can have so many negative connotations to it. And for many of us, it is very much tied in with, yeah, all, all of those uh, places we've taken exercise and and the word workout is even worse for me it it even takes me further down that that path so thank you for Completely. for saying that that it helps to talk about it in terms of movement yeah. and yeah and movement is also such a big part of who we are as human beings exercise however is newer and you mm. could probably you could probably see a lot more than I do in, in regards to this, because you have um, a, a degree in anthropology and you know so much more about, I think, the human condition than I do. <laughs> but I don't think that's I, true, Kim. <laughs> but I don't know. Don't you agree that movement is this thing that is behind what we are as human beings, whereas exercise, this idea of exercise is new? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's the most natural thing to move. I mean, that's why now that we're such a more sedentary society, we have to like intentionally make time to move and like actively incorporate it into your life. And I think so many people really just, and me for periods of time, like forget how important that is. And like to your well-being, like Yes. Not just physically, but like emotionally and mentally. And I know we're going to like talk all about that. But, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Because like we just if we just think of exercise movement as the way it's like, oh, I need to go to the gym and like run on the treadmill for 30 minutes. Like that's miserable. Who wants to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I maybe there are some people who really love it. I would have told you many years ago when I was doing that, that I loved the treadmill and mm -hmm. I would have been lying through my teeth. I mean, I, th I thought I loved it. I really did like the, the effect you get because there are all these sort of biological reactions that happen. You get all of these neurotransmitters that sort of get boosted out and it makes you feel good afterwards. But I could not do it now. 
could not do it. Now. Yeah. Well, and I see like, okay, so anyone who's listening who is like a runner who really loves running, like what I'm about to say doesn't apply to you because you love <laughs> running. So don't listen to me. But yeah. I do know because I, there's a period of time like at, when I wasn't after college, when I wasn't fencing and I hadn't found new forms of movement that I liked, where I was like, I should exercise. I should go for a run because that's what, like, that's, I feel like the default, like that's, you know, it's pretty easy to do. You just put on your shoes and you run around outside or on a treadmill and it's like pretty low commitment. You can just go do it. You don't, whatever, you don't need to have a gym or anything. Um, and like, I also hated it. Like I hated it. And I think there's a lot of people out there because I'll see them running on the streets, on the sidewalks and like all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, are you enjoying that? Because it <laughs> looks like you're miserable. <laughs> and I, oh my and gosh. I, you know, so like, this is why I was like, had to say that disclaimer. I'm like, if you love running, this is not me talking to you, but this is no. like me talking to all the people who like think that running is the only form of movement and that's what they should do. And they just need to run and that's it. And I'll even see people at my gym on the treadmill for like an hour. And I know they're miserable because I know these people and they say they are, and I'm just like, what are you doing? You know? So that's why I feel very strongly that it's important to find something that like you truly enjoy. And there's so many forms of movement, like so many, so many, um, I, I agree with you 100% that running has become the default. When maybe, I don't know, 30 years ago, it was uh, power walking or whatever. You know, I think it changes from, from generation to generation. But I do think that now it's sort of the default and we fall into that and we don't even question if we are enjoying it or not. And I do think... Uh, I had a long period of my life in which I was running and I was running for weight loss purposes most of the time. And I would say, I love running. And I liked the the feeling of being active. But when I really looked into it, I always had to psych myself into doing it rather than being excited for it. And to me, that's an important kind of little signal. Movement should be something that that lights up your day. And that doesn't mean you're going to want to do it every single day and, and that there aren't days in which maybe it's raining and you're, you want to just stay in bed and watch Netflix. That is a part of life too. But that feeling of knowing that, you know, the time in which you're going to do whatever it is that you love is coming and you're already excited and counting down the time to that, finding that to me, it just changes your life. It adds value to your life. And instead of it being something that's just gonna, you just have to get it over with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a great example, and I, I know we totally diverted from your original question talking about what I do now. Um, <laughs> but Don't worry, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there. And I think this is really important too. Um, and I think a, a great example of that, of like finding something that you look forward to is like, Yesterday, I was at my mom's house helping her with some stuff. And then I was leaving and I was like, I'm headed to the gym now. And she was, it was like 7 p.m. And she was like, oh, really? Like, as in, I'm, I'm impressed that you're going to the gym now or something like that. Like, 
like, that sounds not fun. And I was like, I'm looking forward to this. Like I, you know, I, (laughs) um, I want to go. I, and I always want to (laughs) go. Um, and it's never something like, Oh, I gotta drag myself to the gym because you know, that's what I have to do. So the, the forms of movement I do now, it's, it's not that at all. So I guess that's probably, I feel like I've been dancing on the subject. So right now. Yeah, I, I was I was just going to ask you, please tell everybody, yes. what kind of gym is this that yes. you're always looking forward to do? Because it's not a typical one. Not and a typical. Yeah, let's say it. Say, yeah, tell yeah. us about your loves. Yeah, so I have really gotten into uh, rock climbing in the past year, a little over a year, actually. I, I had to like look at the year in my computer right now because I was like you know I feel like everyone says it like time in the past couple of years has just been very strange (laughs) yes uh so yeah like February or no January 2021 was when I I started rock climbing and I've become uh pretty obsessed with it so when I say I'm going to the gym I'm going to the rock climbing gym so they have and I love absolutely everything about it and um so yeah my my friend who I fenced with like when we were 12 is the one who got me into rock climbing and we were talking about this because I think the things that I'm drawn to like the types of movement that I'm drawn to are very like individual goal oriented Mm -hmm. because I am like a a goal like I was talking about earlier I am like a personal goal oriented person, I guess. Um, as opposed to like, you said you don't like team sports. I do not like team sports either. I'm, I mean, maybe this is something within my psyche that like relying on other people seems <laughs> terrible. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I'd rather just rely on myself. Um, although uh, in it, rock climbing, you yeah, I sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. No. But uh yeah, I, I never thought about that. What it could mean that I don't like team sports. That's interesting that you mentioned that. It could go so many ways because it could also be for me it would be more and this says so much about my personality, <laughs> but for me it would be more about not wanting to let other people down. Like not wanting uh, to disappoint the people on the team. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, there, no, not at all. There would be that for me too, and also like them letting me down, I guess. <laughs> Much healthier way to think about it. I don't know if that's healthier. I don't know if that's healthier. But um, yeah, so I do really like things that are individual. Like I'm just responsible for myself and I get better in a skill for myself. Yes. Um, and, but there's still like an element of community because we're all there in the same place, like doing like the same thing and we want to get better and we help each other, but there's like less pressure because you're not relying on each other to, I don't know, win the game or whatever it is. Uh, So it just feels better to me. So in that way, like fencing and climbing are kind of similar. And they're also like, there's a, a mental game of like figuring out, like fencing is often called like physical chess because it's like you and another person are like kind of trying to, uh, there's a lot of like trying to re- read their body movements to like see what they're going to do to like anticipate to like react to what they're doing. And it's so, yeah, it's, it's called physical chess. So there's it attracts a lot of nerds 
I mean, myself included. <laughs> um, and then, rock climbing, I think, also attracts a lot. There's a lot of nerds. I mean, one time I was there at the gym and I overheard not one, but three conversations about different Dungeons and Dragons games that were happening. <laughs> so that will tell you the level of nerdiness that is part of the climbing community. But like outdoor nerds, like nerds that like to be outside. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah which I know that you picked up on this when I mentioned one time when we were talking that I also, I like rock climbing because it, it's like a puzzle. Like they, there's problems you figure out on the wall and stuff like that. So I think those two, those elements have really attracted me to both of these sports that there's a real mental game. Not mm-hmm. that there's not a mental game with any other sport. It just, I don't know, for whatever reason, these two forms of, of movement uh, I really like that mental uh, puzzle aspect because I am I want to get better for myself. And especially in the past couple of years, I've really relied on or learned to turn to movement as like a way to like release stress and like yes. feel better emotionally. Uh, and so having that aspect of like, I'm engaging my body physically to mentally figure out this problem. It's like, everything is being like engaged. It's like, I just often think of it as like a mental flush. Like I will come out of the gym and I'll be like, wow, I didn't think about anything that I've been worried or stressed about. Like I, I, you can't when you're up on a wall and you're trying to, figure out the next move or whatever, like you're truly in the moment. Um, So I think finding that form of movement where you feel truly in the moment, because that will help. um, Yeah. Just get you out of your own mind. (laughs) That is such an important aspect to it. And that could also be a way, because I I know there are going to be some people listening who have maybe tried to quote unquote, work out many times and haven't found something that gives them joy. And they might hear this episode and say, okay, so there are many more possibilities other than joining a gym and running. And I have to maybe try some things out and see if I find my love somewhere else. And that could be an important sign to look out for when you're trying different things out to see if it's a good fit and a good match, because everything you've just said, the puzzle piece, the engagement of your mental activity and having to concentrate, having to memorize, having to be focused and like, just take everything out of your mind and the physical engagement, you know, from your muscles and, and, and your body, everything you've just mentioned is in my, uh, my love too. And so I think that could be a good thing to look out for now. So you've talked about fencing, you've talked about rock climbing. What's the other one? Mm -hmm. Uh, cycling. I've really gotten into cycling. Now that one rock climbing is like the most recent thing I've really gotten into. And I've gotten very obsessed, like I'm there all the time, like to the, to the point, like yesterday, someone was like, Oh, you work here, right? I have a question for you. And I was like, I do not work here. I just live here. Oh my oh goodness. My- Sam. That, that's, that's the only problem to puzzle based exercise, uh, or, you know, movement styles, because you really, 
you really get focused on trying to solve the thing you haven't been able to solve. And then it can like you sometimes you will need somebody to say like, yeah, come like go home. <laughs> Literally. But well, I'll be there all the time. And so will like a lot of friends that I've made and in there and everything. So yeah, yeah, rock climbing is pretty new, but I've just got it's like, yeah, like I said, a little over a year. Um that I, but I go all the time. So, <laughs> uh, I've really gotten into that. And so cycling is something that I have been doing longer, but I also kind of just in the past six months, really, I would say that I've gotten into it as like a form of, well, maybe a little longer, maybe like nine ish months since like the summer, um, just getting into it as a form of, of movement as opposed to like before I, I always liked cycling, but like I did it more as like a form of transportation or like a way to mm-hmm. like explore a new city. And I really liked that because, you know, you can cover more ground if you're in a new place when you're bike like biking. Um, like when I was living in Madrid, I had the bike share membership to the bike share. So I would just pop around doing that. Cause it's just, I just like that as a way to get around because you're out in the city, you're seeing stuff. It's like so much better than like going underground. And a lot of times it's faster also. Um, So that was kind of like, I've been biking in that way for a long time. Like, I don't know, six years, probably always just biking in new places when I was traveling and all that kind of stuff. But it's recently, it's been in the past, yeah, whatever, nine, nine-ish months that I've really gotten into it as a way to, it, just for the fun of it, I guess, like I'm yeah. just going to go out on a bike ride um, and just go. And I really enjoy it for that reason. Like, um, yeah. And so they're they're very different. Yeah. Like we used to do when we were kids, I remember being on my bike as a kid and not wanting to go back home, like until it was so pitch black that it felt scary. And that's why you went home. (laughs) And this was, of course, another time because I am, I feel like an old lady when I say these kinds of things. Um, When you mentioned the internet earlier, I was like, oh my gosh, there was no internet until I was like 16. (laughs) I I thought, I'm not going to say that, but there you go. I said it. Um, but, but we had this connection to some form. It could have been hiking in nature if you were a, a Girl Scout or Boy Scout. It could have been, you know, there were certain things. Climbing trees. I used to love climbing trees. And we then lose that. We lose that feeling of I'm just doing this because it's fun. And, yes. And that's what I hear Every time you talk about um, climbing or cycling, it's very inspiring, I have to say. And it's funny that you say that about 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 um, about climbing trees as a kid, because there's like a kids group at the rock climbing gym that I go to and the kids are fearless. They love it. Like they don't have any of those like any of that input about why you should be scared or whatever, like they just go on there and they're just climbing around. Like it just feels, it just seems like such a natural thing to do. Or even like you're saying about, about biking around as a kid. Yeah. I mean, like, like 
I would bike around and, um, you know, cause before you could drive, if you live somewhere where you need to drive, like that was how you would get around. And then we do those, lose those things, you know, like that's kind of why I kind of hate the word adulting. Cause it just like, it just, to me, like <laughs> equals, like, it just feels like adulting equals being like not fun or like all these like yeah. annoying things that you have to do as an adult, yes. which like, yes, you have responsibilities and you have to take care of stuff. But I do really, really agree with you that kind of like the element of fun and doing things just for fun is, um, been like kind of forgotten about. And especially in, um, like we are always told that we should be doing something for like for productivity reasons like mm-hmm. everything that we do has to like you know monetize your passion and like uh be productive and you know work a ton and how does anyone have time to do any of these things and um i think finding that element of play and fun just brings so much uh joy and i think it's so important I couldn't agree with you more. We've lost this. And this episode, the idea behind this episode is to show people that exercise doesn't have to be another example of adulting. You can find something that brings you joy. And that is going to be the healthiest thing for you. It's engaging your heart, your mind, your body in something that gives back something to your life. Not only, you know, the physical benefits of being active, but the emotional benefits of enjoying yourself in a world in which so many things are done because you have to do them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's very impressive that you that you connect it with that. I want to hear about your Ooh. love, though. I've talked about mine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my love. I met my love inside a theater when I was 15 years old. We went for a school trip to a ballet performance and I was watching and I had done some forms of dance. I had danced flamenco when I was uh, younger, when I was about 12, I I started taking classes because it got kind of trendy um, where I was from. And I had, you know, just been on and off certain kinds of dance. I was definitely the the only thing that I was maybe willing to try in, in terms of an extracurricular activity for school. I did not like any kind of sport. And uh but yeah, I I I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed dance, but I hadn't found my specific piece of just joy and love. And I did on that day. We were watching this ballet performance. And I was looking at these dancers and I had seen many ballet performances before that day, but something clicked on that day. And I said, I'm 15 years old. I know that I'm not going to ever do this like professionally. You have to maybe start at age five or four. Or oh some, some people start at three in ballet to be able to like do this professionally. Uh, and I, I said, I know that this is not like a realistic thing for me but I need to do this. 
I saw the movement and the grace and that feeling of lightness that these dancers had. They were basically floating around in the air. And I, there was something in me that just connected to that. And it was such an impactful moment that I started actually crying in the theater, wiping off my tears so my classmates didn't see it. And there was something about watching the movement and hearing the music. And it just like completely tied my heart into knots. And as soon as I got out there, I got home and I told my mom, please help me find a ballet studio that is willing to take me even if I'm not a little kid. And we found it. And I started taking ballet class. I became obsessed with it. I was going to ballet class every day. I would get private tutor lessons to work on the things that I wasn't very good at because I was starting late. And I just became so, it it just became such a big passion that extended itself into other forms of dance. I did contemporary dance. I did sort of jazz, Broadway style dancing for a while. And I would just go to as many classes as I could find. And it had nothing to do with my appearance, nothing to do with my body. And now that I see it, looking back, that feeling of lightness that I have always thought I had to achieve by losing weight, by becoming smaller, which was always something that was this thing that was disturbing my normal mental process. And it was something that I struggled with for so many years. In dance, I have learned the powerful, powerful lesson that is you do not need to achieve that through your body, you can have the feeling, the feeling I was so deeply craving by wanting to make myself smaller, which was feeling lighter because my life was so heavy. My life was just unmanageable. Sometimes I didn't have to do that through my body. I could do that regardless of how my body looked. And every time I put on my ballet shoes and I got, and I held on to that bar, I had it. I had that feeling of just moving through the air without being weighed down, which is what I emotionally felt. It was an emotional weight. It was not a physical weight. It was emotional. And so ballet and dance became my life. It was incredible. And I, I could never do, like I would have never gotten on, I never got on a stage. It was impossible for me. I was starting so, so late. And I did not care for a second. I did not care. I just wanted to have a place in that class and be able to move in that way. And I lost my connection to that love for many years. Um, when, when my mother died, I stopped dancing. And I think there was, for some reason, I think when I, during that time, I had lost my connection to myself. And that's why I couldn't dance. I, I, it was too personal to taking me back to some of those really happy years in our lives. And I, I just completely stopped, never danced again for years. That's when my, I started getting into other forms of fitness that became very disordered, very messed up. And about three years ago or two years ago, almost three, 
my dog died. And I found myself so distraught and upset and sad. And I could not move in any way. I couldn't go out for walks. I couldn't go out for a run. I couldn't like do exercise videos, which I had done for many years. I couldn't do anything. And something inside me told me, go back to the bar, go back to the thing that you have been missing for all of these years. And I did. And that's what I do. Every day that I move now, I just found my reconnection to it. And to me, it's so much more than exercise could ever be. So that's the long story. (laughs) I love that story, though. And I think it's really interesting that you said you came back to it after your dog died. And maybe in a way that's her gift to you. Oh, it's 100%. I think of her every time I dance now, every time. I just think I would be in such a different place because these past two or three years, although they've also in in some ways been some of the hardest years of my life, uh, I have had this joy again this joy of the music and the movement and the way you feel embodied. And there's also a huge part of that puzzle piece that you were talking about in it, that feeling of having to do a pirouette and realizing in your head that you have to connect your toe and the passe to the knee, that you have to feel that there's like the steel rod going all through your spine, holding you completely straight as you turn and then landing it and saying, Oh, oh my God, I just did that. And all of these little pieces had to fall perfectly in place or else you cannot nail it. And it is just, the feeling is unlike any other. It's a moment of absolute present connection, which it sounds a lot like climbing is that for you. Yeah. And 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 you're right. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, like, um, I got into really into climbing and cycling at a really difficult period of my time of my life as well. And I turned to it when I was like, I don't know what else to do. Everything feels like it's falling apart. I need to move somehow. And that's how I started. Um, yeah, just going to the climbing gym like every day uh, or or cycling when I wasn't there. I was just like, I need to get out of my head And that's how I got into climbing at first. Like my friend who got me into it, he kept pestering me to come with him sometime. And this was like before vaccines, before stuff. It was like still in that like real dark period of time when we were all real locked down in the winter of last year. And I was like, no, no, I can't. I can't, you know, because of the pandemic, blah, blah, blah. And at some point I was just like, I'm losing it. Like, uh, yes, I will come to the gym with you. And I felt better than I had in months, like in so many months, like I was trying to like work out at home, but it was that workout at home and like being stuck at home and working out at home and working from home. It was all like, no, I needed to get out. So I, and then I signed up for my own membership like the next day. And it's just, and then when when I had a lot of difficult things happening in my life, then that's when I really started really going all the time. And 
meeting, making a new community of friends there. And like, it just really felt um, like what I needed. Like, it's like, I almost didn't even have a choice. I was like, I, I need to move. Um, So that's kind of why, especially with, with these two things, I don't, I don't think um, like that was like the real focus was like my mental and emotional health um, with that, which it seems like the case for you too, like with ballet. So I think that's really interesting. And I thought about this a lot. Um, I can kind of see, like, I, um, am really fascinated by endurance athletes who do like ultra marathons or like Ironmans. I don't have any desire to do that. I'm just really fascinated by the mental, aspect of the mental fortitude that you need to like, I don't know, run 50 kilometers or what 50 miles, or I don't know, like a really far distance or like cycle for like hundreds of miles in a day. And I'm just really fascinated by the mental um, game of that. And yeah. I feel like I was starting to understand because so many people I listen to podcasts where they interview endurance athletes. And so many people are like, I turn to this when, you know, my spouse passed away or when I went through a divorce or when one of my parents died or was sick or something really bad happened. And they just were like, I just put on my shoes and started running or started biking or started swimming or whatever it was. So I think there's also something in that and, and turning to movement in times when you need it. Like, I think we need it at all times as we've already discussed, but like, especially like when you're really going through a tough time, it can really, really like save you in a lot of ways. I I think it has so much to do with the fact that we, when we're suffering, we are in a mental space, even though we can feel it in our muscles, in our heart, in our chest, in our stomach, we can feel the heaviness of the suffering. It's really our mind that's, doing all of this extra work to keep us thinking about these things that happened or what this person told us or this person who is no longer with us or this, um, you know, grief that we're going through. And movement, especially movement that engages your mind and that uh, is like this kind of puzzle and that also gets you to move your body, it gets us out of our heads. It really does. And Uh, It's similar to the benefits we find in mindfulness and in meditation, where we do not know the relief it means to be out of our thinking brain for a little bit of time. We don't notice that until we do it. And it's so important. It's so important. Uh, and, And it also, I think, speaks to us doing something only for ourselves, only that we enjoy. It's not something that we're doing for other people. It's not something that we're doing because we have to keep this identity alive that other people see. It's just a gift for ourselves. It's it, it's like giving ourselves a hug in a way. I, Absolutely. I, yeah. Now, I have a question. You were talking about how you were very uh, goal-oriented when you were doing fencing and you have this competitive side to you. Uh, now with climbing, do you still feel that it's more of an end goal game? For example, do you have the dream of climbing a mountain one day, Kilimanjaro or, or, or even a smaller one, but like doing it, 
uh, outside the gym? Or is it just about the process of being in that gym and climbing? Is it, is it, uh, yeah, like an endpoint or a process for you now? It's definitely, definitely a process. I really had no, because it's evolved over time. Like when I started, I was just like, I, it's so clear to me that like, I need to do this for my mental and emotional health. Like I feel so much better after I do it. Like, I'm just going to do it. Like that's yeah. it, which is kind of been interesting for me because in the past I was super competitive, but I really have, I mean, they have competitive climbing. I mean, climbing was in the Olympics for the first time this year and I have no desire to do that, but who knows? I mean, that could change, but, um, yeah, even like my, my friend who got me into it, he climbs outside. And for the longest time he was like, Sam, like you got to climb outside. Like, it's so fun. It's so great. Like the views are epic. It's just so cool. It's so different. And I was like, no, 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 no. That sounds terrifying. I don't want to do that. And (laughs) you have to learn a more advanced type of climbing because uh, there's no ropes or, you know, you have to bring your own, set your own route and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, don't even ask me. I'm not even interested in, in doing the more advanced type in the gym. Well, <laughs> that, I just got my <laughs> advanced certification this week. You uh, did, you got it. I, I did oh, get it. Congratulations. And, uh, I have been a you. witness to the process of getting that. <laughs> so I am so proud of you. And thank you. Thank you. And now uh, this summer, I'm looking forward to going outside. But I have no, like, I don't know, no desires to like, so in climbing, everything is like rated a different difficulty. And uh, a lot of people look at certain difficulties as like, you get past that point, and you're all right, you're like an advanced climber. And I really, I, I don't know, I just don't know why, but I don't have any I, I, I will like to get to those places and I, I probably will just by sheer, like, because I do it a lot, you know, you yeah. get better at things that you do a lot. And I have gotten uh, pretty decently good enough, which is, which is why I even got my advanced certification. Everyone was like shocked that I didn't because I was, you know, skilled enough that they were surprised that I didn't have it. Um, but I don't, I, I really couldn't tell you why. I just think it's because I was just been going through a, a tough time and like, I, I just needed it for myself. And that's, that was kind of it. Like, I do like getting to goals. I like when I, it's, I feel good when I finish a problem that was difficult or, or whatever. Um, of course, like we feel good about those things and it's always nice to get uh, better at something. So I think that's kind of only, only natural and, and stuff, but no, I don't really have any, like, I need to climb a certain mountain or I need to do this or I need to do that. Like, I'm curious to see what it's like to go outside, but I'm not going to put any, uh, I don't know, stress to do X, Y, or Z out there. I just, want to kind of enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, it's, it is kind of a little weird for me, but, uh, and the same with cycling, I don't have any like, Oh, I need to do a triathlon or I need to do a hundred mile race or I need to, I mean, I might do those things. Um, but it's not 
it's not going to be a single minded focus kind of I'll get there if I get there. And if not, that's fine too. I'm just enjoying. And I think a lot of it really, especially well, with both um, have really come back to like community that I've found in a time when I've like really needed it. Um, just the connections with people that I've made has been so incredible. Like even when I passed my test a few days ago, everyone was coming up to me afterwards, like as I was just, just, Oh, congrats. Like, that's amazing. As I was leaving people were like, I was like, Oh my gosh, you guys all really care. Like, it's really sweet. Like it's really nice to, I feel like you kind of like forge these connections when you're being active with other people because all your endorphins are going and you're, you're getting better at something and you want to help each other. It just, and I, I think this is another thing that's kind of, especially in American uh, society is like, we're such, and I know we've discussed this before. It's such an individualized um, society that community has, is, I have done this is kind of like falls to the wayside. Like you don't yeah. think it's that important yes. when it's, everything. I mean, humans going to anthropology, humans are social creatures. Like we need other people. Like we were meant to live in a group. Like that's why we care what other people, you know, think, or, um, we need other, we need other people. And I, that's another aspect of why I've gotten so into both these types of movement, because I can do them on my own. Um, but also I forged such amazing, like supportive, great connections through this that I think is often people, I mean, people ask like, how do you make friends as an adult? Because, you know, everyone's in their own little silos. If you don't have, if you move, which Americans move a lot more than I found in Spain, for example, um, like how do you make friends Mm -hmm. that are not like your coworkers or I don't know, how do you make them? And I think movement is like a really, really great way to do that. Yeah. I, I love that your experience has been so community-based and that it's also a nice, friendly, warm community. And I loved what you said about now it being about the process and almost those kind of milestones that you reach being an excuse to practice the process. So it's not that, you know, doing a, doing an Ironman is, is what you're, what the end goal is and everything you're doing is going towards that is that if you ever decide to do it, it's just another moment of the process for you. And I, yeah, for me, it's very much process oriented as well. And I think that uh, it's, it's it's so great. It's so great to be able to experience the fact that sometimes just the doing of something is the pleasure and the benefit. It, it's that time with yourself that is so special. Now, Sam, you've been like, oh my gosh, I feel like I could talk to you for two hours straight or more. Um, you've been <laughs> so helpful and so I, I just am in awe of you and I'm so just, I feel so blessed and lucky to call you my friend. Oh, likewise, Kim. Everyone who's listening, everyone who's listening, Kim, like I know all listeners are like, oh, Kim is great, blah, blah. Well, Kim is just as wonderful as she is on, on camera and on behind the screen. She's just as lovely IRL. 
Um, so <laughs> this is the real deal. Thank you. You're so sweet. Um, I guess I just have one final question for you, Sam. And it's, I was going to ask you this specifically about climbing, but now I want to change my question. And I want to ask you for anybody listening who is looking, who's tired of the way they've been um, just thinking about exercise as this mandate and they want to find a true desire and love for movement, where do you think people can start? What's a good first step into finding something that will become a special love, like the ones you have and the one I have, and where movement is just kind of what comes along with it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have a couple of answers, I guess. Uh, One, which is like based on my experience, um, getting into rock climbing and cycling was both through like friends of mine. And I think like, I feel like that's a little bit of a non-answer, but also I think it is a good answer because getting into something um, with someone that you already know, it kind of like removes the barrier of like, I don't know, I'm afraid to do this or I, I just think it's nice. Um, so if you have friends that are passionate about something, like why not try it with them? Um, so I think that can be uh, an one one way, but then you might not be into what they're doing or maybe you move to a new place or like, I don't know, you don't have friends who are active, whatever the case, if that's not an option or something you want to do, I think you can um, also maybe do, um, well, there's like meetup groups to like meet like do different active things like hiking or whatever you can see the theme here is like kind of community but I I do think it is helpful to start something with other people because it just removes that barrier to entry like in a way I mean of course you can always just like walk into whatever and and start it um, anything that you're feeling inclined to, I would just try it out. I mean, it could happen any, any which way there's no matter where you live, there's probably a bunch of options. Um, anything you feel inclined to like, just, just try it. Yeah. I, I, and I love that. And I, I would also add, think of those challenging times you've had in your life, those times in which perhaps you weren't incorporating a lot of movement because circumstances were really hard. Think of what your physical body, almost as if it were a separate creature, what it felt relief with. So sometimes that is, oh, I I was going through this hard time and I felt relief when I walked outside and I took a breath of fresh air. Well, that's a clue that maybe something that is done outdoors is going to be really healing for you and really it's going to feel yummy you know Mm, if it's that if it's that you felt the need to stretch your body or get a massage or something like that maybe something that incorporates stretching like dance or ballet or yoga or pilates something that really where, where you can really focus on just that release in the body if it's that it really helped to do something that was really fast paced, then maybe you need something that involves speed. 
all of these can be, I think, little clues. And those hard moments to me, at least in my life, they've given me such great clues of what I truly, truly need. Because when we're going through a hard time, it's just us and us. There is mm. nothing that, yeah, like you're really, you encounter yourself in a way. So that's mm. something that I would add. But I loved yours because I think a lot of us are missing community. And that can be a great place to start. Yeah. And if nothing else, if you try something through, like you might meet new friends who are more active. Like that's, that's one thing I like about the friends that I've made through climbing and biking. Like those aren't the only things people do. Like these are just people who like to be active and a lot of people tend to do a few different things. So even if you try something, say you try like salsa and you're not like, loving that, but maybe you like some element of dance, those people might do another kind of dance and it yeah. just kind of like goes from there. So, um, I just, I just think, um, yeah, I mean, it might be hard the first day if you're just like walking into a dance studio by yourself, but you know, I think remembering that everyone starts somewhere. I mean, I see this all the time in the rock climbing gym. Like people are like, oh, I'm on the easiest grades. Like, you know, I don't know if I want to try because like I try to get people to come all the time and people are like, oh, well, I won't be very good. And I'm like, well, of course not, because you haven't done it. And like everyone, like literally everyone starts somewhere and like most people in any active community are just so um happy that you're doing it and they're so glad to share this thing that they love with other people just remembering that um because i know it can be kind of anxiety inducing to start something new in general whether it's something active or not can be a, feel like a lot but yeah just remembering that that everyone starts somewhere and like no one's judging you everyone's like, I think everyone's always glad that people are just being active. Cause again, like people who like to be active, like to see other people be active and share that. And, um, so, so yeah, just remembering that. I love it, Sam. Sam, thank you so much for being with us today. Where can people follow you and all of your climbing and cycling adventures? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have any. I'm just on Instagram vaguely at the road goes forever on. And yeah, I, I, I post climbing stuff sometimes. And again, it's kind of funny, like, um, because of, you know, the deer algorithms, they show your reels to people. And so a lot of people have seen my climbing like reels, but like, I don't post it for that reason. I post mm -hmm. it so I can look back at ones that I was proud of for myself, like, and then I can find them easily. And if I have a bad day, I'm just be like, but look, you did that one. And that was really hard. So good for you. So that's really that. why I post stuff, to be honest. So I'm not any kind of influencer by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm, I'm really not trying to be. <laughs> I love it. So. I love it, Sam. Oh my goodness. Sam, I can't thank you enough for sharing this time with us. I think everybody's going to absolutely love this episode and, and it's going to be something that's really, really actually helpful and helping to yeah. keep, you know, helping people connect with their bodies in a new way. I thank can't you. thank you enough. Thank you so much. And I think it's a really uh, timely episode also because as things are starting to shift a little bit more, hopefully out of the pandemic, like we've all been so isolated from each other for a long time and also just 
not being as active generally. Um, so I think it could be a really good time for people to kind of like reconnect with uh, types of movement maybe that they had in the past, like you did a few years ago, or to like start something new, especially as it's like getting into the spring. If you're like in the Northern hemisphere, it's a really good time to like get into stuff. So yeah, I hope everyone finds that thing that lights them up inside. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I know we could talk forever, so I'll, we'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sam. Here are some takeaways from my conversation with Sam. For some, exercise has been a form of punishment. For others, tied to body expectations and weight loss goals for way too long. But hearing from people who have always had a good relationship with it reminds me that if some people can do it, if some people can love it and not have anxiety regarding body size, so can the rest of us. For so many of us, running was the default, the thing we felt we had to do, the piece of adulting of the exercise world. If running is your passion, that's amazing. But if you don't love it and that's all you've tried, if you hate team sports and that's all you've tried, joined a regular gym, hated it, and that's all you've known, know that there are countless other options out there, often in unusual places like a climbing gym where multicolored pegs line the walls and reach the ceiling, or my kitchen island chairs that I use as a ballet bar at home. End goals are exciting and fun, but it's just the excuse to live the process. It's in the process, no matter what you look like, what clothes you're wearing, who can see you or how perfectly you do it, that is where we can find that little piece of ourselves and that connection. Getting out of the thinking mind is something we need to do often, and movement is one of the best ways to get back into our bodies and reconnect with ourselves. When trying to find your love of movement, two great places to start are activities we can share with friends or where we can find community, finding meetup groups in your area, or trying out a new class or sport you've never tried before. And also, look at the harder moments of your life for cues as to what you needed then. Was it fresh air, a walk around the block? the need to stretch, the need to feel strong, the need for speed or adrenaline, soft music or loud music, taking a bath and being immersed in water, friends, or alone time. There, you'll find the first few clues for what your heart and body are asking for. And finally, even us nerds, misfits, oddballs, those picks last for dodgeball, those with two left feet or the inability to catch a ball can find a form of movement that sings the tune we like to listen to. Make sure to follow Sam through her Instagram handle at the road goes forever on. And thank you so, so much, Sam, the original Sam for joining me in this conversation. I am so grateful to have you in my life. Till next week, dear listeners. 